Yale University researchers say child care providers who stayed open during the first three months of the COVID-19 pandemic did not have a higher risk of spreading the disease than those that were closed. The scientists looked at more than 57,000 child care providers nationwide. Their study also found that those who stayed on the job were no more likely to be hospitalized, provided that they used strict safety measures to reduce the risk of infection. Dr. Walter Gilliam led the study and says those who stayed open went to extraordinary lengths to keep children and employees safe. Three quarters of them were doing daily temperature and and symptom screening on every single person who came in that building, adult or child. About a third of them were doing that twice a day or more. Ninety-some percent of them disinfecting every single surface and every single fixture, over half of them three or more times a day. Uh, 90-some percent compliance on frequent hand-washing with the children and with the staff. They were cohorting. That's keeping small groups of children together and not mixing across groups in order to be able to cut down on the opportunity for spread. There was a pediatric infectious disease doc on our research team, and when he was looking at the results and we were giving a briefing to the CDC when the findings first came out, uh, the pediatric infectious disease doc said 90-some percent compliance with frequent hand-washing. That's what we try to get in a hospital. Wow. And that's what they were doing in these child care programs. So under certain conditions, then, it is possible to open child care programs without putting staff in harm's way. Uh, what are those conditions? Well, I think it's, it's a couple of things. One is the community. So we, we did find that, that regardless of what it was that was happening in the child care program, Child care staff still did get sick. They were just not getting sick because of things happening in the child care program. They were getting sick because of things happening in the community. And so if we want to keep our child care programs open, the first thing we need to do is make sure that we get community transmission rates down low. You know, in other words, if you want your child care program to be open safely or if you want your school to be open safely, wear a mask to the grocery store. If you want to keep our children and our teachers safe, think Keep yourself six feet apart when you're in the line at the bank. You know, all of these things that we do in the greater community is what makes it possible for our child care programs in our schools to not get over, overran with the difficulty of keeping COVID out. And then the second thing that we have to do is we have to make sure that these child care providers get the support that they need in order to continue doing this. Child care providers are not salaried workers for the most part. They're, for the most part, They are hourly workers, and when they get sick, then they get put in a Sophie's choice of trying to decide, do I go in even though I might get sick and bring COVID with me, or do I stay home and not get paid today and maybe don't have enough resources to be able to put food on the table for my own children? Is that something Congress should be talking about in its latest discussions over more pandemic relief funding? I think it would be absolutely spectacular for them to be thinking about things like that. I, you know, it's, it's not enough to just think about money. We also have to think about the things that people have to go through in their daily lives, the daily decisions that people have to make. And, and one of those for these child care providers is, can I afford to stay home? You know, we, do, we don't want child care providers to be in a position to where if they get sick, they, they, they have to decide whether or not they should come into work or whether or not they should um, whether or not they sh- they shouldn't and, and maybe not have the resources necessary to pay their, their 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 own bills. And the only way around that is is to not only just make sure that there's resources available, but make sure that those resources are targeted to things like sick pay. 
Now, you looked at some of the demographics and found uh, that uh, black, Latinx, and Native American providers uh, were more likely to test positive for COVID-19 and in some cases more likely to be hospitalized. Why was that? Unfortunately, we found that our child care providers did get sick. It's just that they, they got sick for reasons that seemed to be completely separate from the child care itself. And like you said, we found that our black, our brown, and our Native American child care providers we're carrying the heavier burden of COVID-19. And that's a finding that most people have have also found in other studies of COVID-19, that it's our communities of color that's the hardest hit. Uh, I don't know exactly, and this particular study wasn't able to tell us exactly what the community factors were that were behind it, except that the one community factor that we can rule out is whether or not they were exposed to childcare. So I don't know what caused our black and brown and Native American providers to be more likely to get sick, but whatever the reason was, it wasn't childcare because even for them, there was no difference between whether or not they came into work for childcare versus didn't in terms of whether they got sick. It was other community factors outside of the childcare program that was driving it. Now, this study only looked at adults working specifically in childcare settings. So what assumptions or conclusions should we avoid making or jumping to about other adults who work with children? I am so glad that you mentioned that, Pat. So this is a study, like you said, of of childcare. 81% of the children that were being cared for by these adults were under the age of six. So one thing that we know up front is that we're not necessarily able to expand this, to generalize these findings to, um, to, to K through 12 for the children are going to be much older. But the other reason, too, is that in child care programs, these are, these are programs that are licensed largely on the basis of health and safety. These child care providers are trained on how to maintain health and safety standards, first and foremost, and then on how to teach and take care of children. In the schools, it's, it's really much the other way around. We don't really train teachers on health and safety standards, you know, and so the ability to be able to replicate some of the things that were happening in these childcare programs and to replicate them in a K-12 setting might, might be nearly impossible. I mean, think about it this way. In a childcare program, it's, a, it's typically a small group of children, and during the pandemic, these groups were, were typically about, about eight children that stay together all day long with the same adult. But in, in middle school and high school, every hour, a bell goes ding-a-ling-a-ling, and then every child pours out of that classroom into a mass of humanity in the hallway and then make their way down a hallway crowded and then reconstitute themselves with a completely different group of children in a different room. The sheer number of social contacts that happen in middle school and high school make that setting completely different than what's happening in child care. I, I would try to avoid... Uh, generalizing these findings that we had in these child care programs to the public schools because the studies are just so different.